I just did like a like a nice burp, um, like kind of while the the theme song was playing just then. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm debating whether to cut it or leave it in, uh, in in a post pro as they say. Uh, you know, it's like it, it'd be kind of like a nice welcome back. You know, like a nice little a, a burping back. It's actually tradition in some uh, countries. Um, or I'll, I'll take it out. Uh, it depends on, you know, how, I guess, polite I'm feeling later on when I'm editing this thing. Um, hello! Hello. And welcome back to PH5, the first episode of Can You Fucking Fathom It? The fourth season of the show. I have weirdly been doing this for a long time and uh, have stuck with this longer than I've stuck with uh, m- most other things in my life. So uh, thanks for being on board if you're still listening. Uh, if you're new to the show, um, stop right now and go back and listen to all 40 whatever episodes that precede this because uh, <clears throat> the lore is very important. And you're not going to understand anything I'm talking about because I'm just incessantly referencing older episodes. And uh, there's like a whole, you know, there's like like a whole like PH5 universe at this point. You know, it's like a Marvel thing. Like you can't just start watching like, you know, um, Black Panther 2, right? Like you can't just go into watching, you'd be completely lost. So this is kind of like like the Black Panther 4 um, of podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just talking shit every, 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 uh, month. Um, you can know everything and you can know nothing. And hopefully you have a good time all the same. So this is the first episode of the new year, 2024. Uh, which is it? Is it 20 or is it 24? Um, it's, well, it's, it's 2024. It's not one or the other. It's just that. Uh, I, I'm getting over a bit of a bit of a cold, so if my voice sounds a little bit, uh, that's why. <clears throat> and I'm probably gonna make really obnoxious throat clearing noises uh, pretty frequently. Uh, but I mean, you know, you've listened to me hungover, you've listened to me drunk, you, you've listened to me in a variety of different states. So I, I think a little bit of a runny nose probably isn't gonna bother you too much and if it does well you can go and listen to i don't know some other freaking podcast out there that is all polished and buttoned up and shiny and whatever it is that uh you podcast listeners enjoy uh how's your year going not gonna lie january was uh pretty hellish for me um just been crazy busy at the old workplace, you know, the old nine to five. Well, it's been more like a freaking nine to seven, if you know what I mean. Um, and yeah, just kind of being sick and just being crazy busy. It's been weirdly just like super gray up here in the old, uh, Canada. Canada is actually like a, a neighborhood in Ottawa. So I'm, I'm referring to Toronto, Canada. Although I always found it kind of weird that, like, Canada was, like, based off the word Canada, which means village in, um, an indigenous language that I can't particularly recall right now. Uh, but then you have, you have, you literally have Canada in Canada, you know? Like, so it's like, uh, welcome to Canada, Canada. <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> Yep, there's another throat clearing. Let's do a tally. Is that two? Is that three? Aiming for about 20, uh, I think, in this episode. Uh, So we're going to talk about some albums that came out in January. Uh, That would make sense. What with our understanding of the format of the PH5 show. So January, I must say, if you take a look back in uh, other Januaries in years past... It's a particularly weak month. <laughs> is it a week or is it a month? <laughs> no, it's a weak month. Uh, just because, you know, a lot of artists aren't exactly eager to be putting out anything in January. People are still kind of like waking up 
to the new year and, uh, you know, settling in. No one's really paying attention to that much new music. People are still listening to their favorites from the year before. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, But this January actually, fortunately, was quite fruitful, um, bountiful, if you will, in terms of some good and even great new music releases for and I I would even go so far as to say we might even have a potential I don't know if I want to say album of the year contender already this early into the year because I don't know what the rest of the year is going to be like maybe it's going to be like crazy good and the scale will just go all the way up and uh, it'll be a tough competition for anyone but I will say, you know, for for a, a an album that comes out in January, there there has been a few that I really really like and can see myself, um, you know, revisiting frequently as the year goes on. Whereas, you know, in previous seasons of the show, the month of January, I'm really just like kind of scavenging for scraps for things to talk to you guys about. And the reality is. The majority of the things that I end up talking about for the January episodes, I never fucking listen to that shit again, you know? <laughs> I'm just kind of pretending I like it so that I have some content for you guys, but let's be honest, that shit sucked. Um, not the case this year, fortunately. Or is it? <laughs> Am I just pulling a ruse on you guys? Who knows? I don't, I don't even know, you know? I don't even know what the hell is going on anymore. But... So I think I think we can basically uh, get into it. In case you've forgotten due to the, uh, you know, extended vacay that the show has been on, uh, this will be the first episode in a month and a half, which is uh, about two weeks longer than our usual kind of delay between shows. I will start out by talking about, let's say, numbers five to three of the top five and then I'll go into the mentions um fan favorites the mentions category because that's when I go a little crazy I can get a little bit unhinged (laughs) and uh you know everyone just loves the mentions little theme song thing uh and then I'll finish off by talking about numbers two and one of the uh the top five aka my top two favorites usually uh, the juiciest, uh, but hey, you know, it's a month-to-month thing, you know, it's a, you know, yeah, you can't really, you can't really compartmentalize uh, what happens every episode here into, into one box, you know, where we're always, we're always kind of going off in in crazy tangents and on a limb, and, and uh, it's hard to say really where these records will stand in, in terms of the test of time for the entire year, but we're gonna have to wait and see. Regardless, I'm excited to be back. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm kind of talking a lot, uh, but I usually do talk a lot because it is, after all, the entire premise of the show is me talking a lot. Um, and we're gonna get into actually talking about some music now. So thanks again for listening. This is your host, uh, I don't know why I say host, I mean, there's no one else here, uh, Phil May, and, uh, PH5, back for episode, I don't know, like, 50 or something like that, um, the first of the new year, ha, feeling fresh, let's get her done, thanks again. Okay, let's talk about number five to start us off. So, number five for January 2024. Is it 20 or is it 24? It's a joke I'm going to return to probably a few times this episode. Uh, It was an accidental stumbled upon joke, but I kind of like it. Gonna kind of give it some some legs and and, uh, see how we're feeling at it by the, uh, the end of the show. Uh, so, number five for the month of January is As Spoken by Noel. And that's spelled K-N-O-L-L, not like Noel Gallagher, Noel, which is N-O-E-L. Although I, 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 I do have a bit of an affinity for um, Noel Gallagher. I think he's funny 
and uh, I actually kind of like some of the High Flying Birds songs. Uh, not to mention Oasis, but that is not who we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Noel, K-N-O-L-L, and their latest record, As Spoken. So, uh, I'd say this is a pretty classic record to uh, start off the newest season of PH5 because it is extremely impenetrable and almost anyone listening to the show will not like it. <laughs> but I quite like it. I, I like it a lot. So, they refer to themselves on their band camp as Funeral Grind, which is hilarious, by the way. Um, uh, funeral doom kind of being where they're getting their their funeral kind of signifier from and then grind it's kind of like a, a contradiction you know a bit of an oxymoron uh, but in a weird way it kind of makes sense with the music that they make because it's certainly very grindy um, you know just wall of noise guitars just uh, super fast drums and uh, kind of squealy, high-pitched vocals, but they have this extra kind of layer to their sound where they're not afraid to stretch things out and, and kind of let their songs breathe a little bit, and that's kind of where I get this uh, this uh, tongue-in-cheek funeral grind feeling from, because um, unlike most grind bands whose songs are like, you know, their epic songs are like a minute and 45 seconds long, um, these guys, yeah, they they they... They're not afraid to kind of stretch it out and then and, and have these long, drawn-out, kind of almost drony sections to their music, but it also still sounds very grindy. It's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's very much taking, like, a, a, a genre known for speed and, uh, you know, quick chaos, if you will, and mixing it with this kind of really long, drawn-out, kind of, um, you know, doomy, drony kind of feeling. Um, hard to do, but they managed to pull it off. Uh, so this is a band that I was kind of, uh, made privy to by my good pal Bob McCulley. Um, for all of you PH5 bingo cards holders out there, uh, you can now check off your Bob reference. Um, that was a quick one this year. Usually it takes about an episode or two or three episodes for me to bring up Bob, but I did it within uh, 15 minutes of the very first one. So shout out to Bob as always. Um, we're actually going to go see them. We're going to see Noel and Thantafaxith, who I talked about in last season's PH5. Uh, we're seeing them soon. I think in like a, a two or two weeks or so. And... Having been a fan of Thantafaxith, I, I, that's kind of where my attention to the show was, was drawn, but Noel is actually the headliner. And Bob kind of really highly recommended me checking them out. They just so happened to have this record out in January, and yeah, it's some really disgusting, crazy, chaotic shit that I think is going to translate just <laughs> beautifully into a live setting. Beautifully here meaning, obviously, like grotesquely like the the beauty of the grotesque you know that kind of beauty um it's gonna be a good show that was my whole point there is that i'm really looking forward to seeing them um but you know it's it, it's one of those records that again is, is very kind of impenetrable to people who you know even have a mild distaste for kind of heavier or, or darker music but if you're if you're kind of open-minded and you're willing to kind of embrace the uh the savagery i mean it's a really good time this is a band that seems to have a, a really big focus on like like decay and like you know like things fading from memory and fading from existence like the the album art is this kind of like black and gray picture of a this like old mirror <laughs> I don't know it sounds dumb but you look at the picture and you kind of like get where they're coming from you know like oh this man sounds like kind of like the decay of music if you will the decay of 
of, of song structure and, and the decay of, of riffs and, and, you know, melody and all these kinds of things. It just sounds like, you know, like, basically if, like, skeletons could make music, it would probably sound something like this. Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely not. But that's what I'm sticking to. Uh, skeleton music is, is absolutely what this sounds like. So, yep, starting the year off with uh, just trying to, I guess, push as many people away as possible. <laughs> just, uh, you know, um, ma make things hard for the listeners by suggesting a uh, nasty, just wall of noise as my first record recommendation for the year so thanks for listening this is number five noel with as spoken and for number four we are going to like maybe go in the most polar opposite direction possible from Noel, and we're gonna go with, uh, yeah, and, and this is, I was actually meaning to look up the correct pronunciation of a lot of things before, uh, starting to record this episode, uh, but I forgot, and I've already recorded, so we're just gonna butcher pronunciations and live with it for now. Uh, number four, we're going with Kali Uchi, or is it Uchis, or is it Kaylee? I don't know. Uh, with her newest record, Orchi Orchideus? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's absolutely just super wrong. You know what? You can just Google Kelly Uchis's latest record, and uh, I'm sure it'll pop up for you. So, listen, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to reggaeton or any kind of Latin pop music. Because um, I don't, you know, I, I, it's not my, my thing, it's not what I'm usually listening to, but, you know, as a enjoyer of music in general, I, I can't help but be kind of captivate, captivated, <laughs> that's something different, captivated by this album, um, great songwriting is great songwriting at the end of the day, uh, no matter what form it comes in, no matter what language it comes in. If a song sounds good, if it if it's produced well, if the melodies are great, if it has interesting things going on, um, it's going to be of interest to me, and that is absolutely the case with this record. Uh, so I think it's like her, her fourth or something like this. Um, it's weird to think that she kind of came onto the scene uh, as like a, a, a guest vocalist on uh, that one Tyler the Creator record back in the day. Um, she was on See You Again off of Flower Boy, which, you know, and, and to think that here she is now like recording songs with some of the biggest Latin artists on the planet, like Peso Pluma and Raul Alejandra and Carol G, uh, you know, and she kind of started as a feature on a, a Tyler the Creator record, it's like, wow, good for you. Like you've, you've really kind of, you've made it. And the thing is about uh, Latin music and, and Latin pop and reggaeton is it's really pretty easily the most popular genre of music on the planet. So you can bet your bottom dollar that within the next few years, uh, this woman is going to be just massively, massively popular across the globe. Um, which is great, because she is really talented. I mean, I've never really been a fan of any of her previous things. And I, I actually had to be uh, convinced to give this record a spin um, by Veronica, a good friend, who has obviously been on this show before. I'm just name-dropping name dropping all the, uh, the, you know... All the, all the past, yeah, I'm doing lots of fan service here, you know, like, all, all of the, the past features on the show are, are, are getting quick, quick mentions right away, you know, like, hey, little callbacks, like, hey, hey, I've already talked about Bob, bringing up Veronica here, this is a blast, you know, it's like a, it's like a reunion episode, uh, except it, I'm the only one here, uh, but, you know, uh, she, she mentioned she really liked it, and she said that it was, 
had a lot more variety than her previous records, which is kind of what, what made me interested to give it a listen. And she's right, you know? Uh, Again, I'm not going to pretend to know the exact names of all the different kind of genres that Callie is is touching upon on this record, but uh, she does cover a lot of ground from um, fairly traditional, like, modern pop to, I guess, more... (laughs) Maybe traditional was not the right word I should have used because she goes from more modern pop to more kind of traditional Latin music sounds. Um... And it, it all works. She has a fantastic voice. She does this cool thing on this record where she kind of just goes back and forth between singing in English and in Spanish. So, like, you know, it's cool because, you know, like, every third or fourth line, I, I actually know what she's saying. Um, and I can feel like, oh, yeah, like, I understood that. It's like a, a quick little, like, you know, boom, little like, instant gratification thing. Like, oh, I understood that word. Um, it, it's just a great record. I mean, again, it's not something that I'm necessarily going to be listening to all the time because it's not 100% my thing. Um, but for what it is, for for if I feel this need for like like good pop music, good like you know sugar rush music, like this is doing it for me early in the year. Um, Right, I was I was gonna do that thing where I like talked about my favorite songs on the record. Uh, sorry, just going back to a uh, Noel. I like the song Mayor Word. It's one of like the the long ones. It's really drawn out, but it's very effective. Anyway, on this one, uh, ooh, I, gotta, I gotta look it up. I'm I'm unprepared. There's a there's a song kind of late in the record on the Caliuchus called uh, No Hey La Parte Two. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. I I really shouldn't be talking about um, Spanish music when my accent is as bad, but uh, it, it's a collaboration with uh, Raúl Leandro, who I know is 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 one of the biggest forces in uh, you know Latin pop right now, and uh, it it just sounds like a song that honestly could end up topping the charts soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. I know that her collaboration with Peso Pluma is, is pretty high on the billboard right now, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me for the next few months this uh, Rao Aliandro collab uh, makes its way on there and manages to go quite high up because it's a it's a great song. Um, you know, has a kind of modern, sleek pop production with uh, you know kind of the reggaeton drums, and they both just sound great. Great hooks, um, cool lyrics. I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but uh, it sounds great. And the record on the whole is actually, I'd say it's made me kind of more intrigued about listening to more Latin music because I I, I guess I like this a lot more than I thought it would. And maybe that'll be the case for other records like this. So who knows, maybe by the end of the year, uh, this will be an exclusive reggaeton podcast. Anything can happen, right? So coming in at number four, we have... Uh, Kali Uchis, again, probably said very wrong, with Orchideas, definitely said very wrong. Okay, uh, um, is that five or six, maybe? Coming in at number three for January 2024, we have, oh, one, one sec, one sec. Oh, sorry, a little, little bit of a, just like a, a tiny, you know where like one of those inward burps, you know, where, where it's not like, you know, it doesn't like, like come out obnoxiously, it just kind of like, you know, like sneaks its way up and, you know, uh, yeah, so I just had to do one of those. Number three, we have Boldy James and Nicholas Craven with Penalty of Leadership. Man, this guy has the best album titles. <laughs> Penalty of Leadership? So badass. Um, and very fitting for who is truly one of the most badass artists working in music today. So, thank God for Boldy. I mean, this is a guy who 
up until last year, was regularly putting out three to four records a year, and all of them were either very good, really good, or excellent. Um, I think I've talked before about how Boldy and Billy Woods are just easily the best two rappers going out right now. Um, Billy definitely has surpassed him because Billy surpassed everyone at this point, but I, I'm saying Boldy is still a very, very solid number two. Um, and the, the thing that kind of brought him down a little bit from kind of being tied with Billy for the number one spot is kind of how quiet he was last year. And I didn't know this, but um, shortly before releasing Indiana Jones, um, his January record from last year that I, I really liked and you know, ended up in the, the, the top 25 of, of uh, 2023. Is it 20 or is it 23? Um, he actually was in a really, really bad car accident and uh, was hospitalized and w was basically paralyzed for an extended period of time. I had no idea any of this happened actually until uh, December or maybe it was late November when he released the first single for this new record and it kind of addressed that and I, I, I had no clue and I'd kind of been wondering like where's Boldy at like this is a guy who is dropping tapes every few months um, he you know released Indiana Jones in January um, and was nowhere to be found for the rest of the year very confusing I had no idea what the hell was going on uh, but like, oh, that explains it. He's been paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, you know what? Fair enough, man. Um, anyway, he appears to be doing much better now. And uh, he's back with his first record. Well, I guess Indiana Jones technically was his first record since the accident happened. But his first record that he recorded since uh, the really bad car accident. And it's... In a lot of ways, it's, it's a kind of classic return to form, Boldy, who, again, he didn't leave form, but I just mean you, you, you kind of know what you're going to get with this record, which is really excellent, really just fucking sick, you know, lines about, you know, drug dealing and, and life on the streets. But there's this kind of added layer of, if you don't mind me saying, gravitas on this record that almost certainly comes from him having this near-death experience and going through this um, period of time where he was paralyzed and going through, you know, many, many weeks and months of physical therapy and, and, and just doing whatever it takes to kind of get back to, you know, life. Um, so there's this kind of weariness on this record that you don't typically hear from him. Um, and, and while, you know, the majority of the subject matter is kind of the aforementioned drug dealing and, and, and life on the streets and, you know, gang shit, uh, there's a lot more mention kind of of his own mortality and, and the mortality of others. And talk about his kids. Like, his kids have been brought up a few times in the past, but on this record, you can kind of really tell that he's kind of having his kids in mind and really thinking about like like I have to be around to take care of these people you know like I, I need to be responsible because there are there are children's lives who, who are kind of depending on me and, and what I bring to the world um, it's like this added layer of responsibility that I think he feels and you know I, I'm sure that bad accident was it was very much a wake-up call for him like like, you know, there's more to this life right now than than, than just me in, in the streets. Like, I have kids to take care of. There are people in my life that need me. And, like, I, I have to be there for him. So, I don't want to say there's, like, a new level of maturity. But it, it, it feels like he's he spent a lot of time probably reflecting when he was, you know, in that hospital bed. Or, you know, in rehab. Just trying to be able to just walk and stand again um and it adds a new layer to this music that uh again it just makes him better than he already was which is saying something because he's always been 
awesome. And 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 now we're kind of seeing like this. Not a lot, again, like, it, there's not a lot of this on the record, but we're seeing this kind of new side, the, the, these flashes of this kind of, like, almost worried Boldy James about what it means to be a father um, while also being kind of a, a kingpin on the streets. Um, favorite song on this record is definitely uh, kind of the first song released, brand new Ch- Chanel Kicks. This is a really interesting song because apparently he recorded this uh, just weeks after the accident happened. So, like, probably, presumably, either in the hospital bed or, you know, in a wheelchair or something like this. But he was definitely still going through rehab when this process happened. still going through physical therapy. And when you hear him rapping, he still has that kind of laid-back delivery... Um, you know, one of the appeal of Boldy James is, like, he kind of sounds the same always. And, and I mean that in a good way. Like, he's he's very consistently just, like, you know, devil-may-care attitude across all of his songs. But on this particular song, you can feel a bit of, like, strain. Like, you can feel like he's having to put more effort in to be effortless, if that makes sense. And you can almost picture him you know, in a hospital gown, on a wheelchair, at the mic, recording all this stuff when he's singing this, or not singing, um, he's not a singer. And it, it, it's really interesting, and honestly, it's really badass. Like, at the end of the song, um, he kind of goes into this monologue about, like, you know, spent, like, four hours today getting poked at and prodded at, like, I don't got time for this shit, like, you know, it's like, I, I don't got time to recover from this injury. Like, fuck that. I got to get back out there and start hustling again. Like, he, this guy is so fucking cool. It, it, it really is amazing. And it really is a big appeal to listening to his music. Um, anyway, I'm thinking we're probably going to get a few more records from Boldy this year. I'm very excited. Uh, is this one of his best? No, but... It's a great kind of reintroduction to him and uh, another very solid effort. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what comes next, you know? Like, feels like this is him warming back up to being in the rap game after, you know, the kind of devastation that he went through. And we're going to hear him kind of settled in back to kind of his his top form um, in the next little while. So... Number two best rapper on the planet, Boldy James, with penalty of leadership at number three for January 2024. Okay, uh, shall we do some mentions? These are the mentions. Yes, we shall. Okay, so, uh, let's talk first about the honorable mention of January 2024. So the honorable mention, we have Nyla Hunter with Love Gaze. Now... Okay, so this is kind of a cool title to me because it it feels like it can mean two things. I feel like it can mean like literally like like a gaze of love, like you look at someone like lovingly or something like that. But the way that she's kind of the the title, she she's put the two words together in a way that to me resembles kind of uh, shoe gaze. Um, so it's almost like the album itself is this new genre she's invented called shoegaze. I mean, <laughs> wow, congratulations, Nayla Hunter, you invented shoegaze. Um, love gaze, no, and, and, and I kind of hear that because when you listen to music, in a way it kind of makes sense. So this is her debut album, and uh, so she's a harpist primarily. She plays the harp, and kind of the music she makes is this like very very almost like ambient not quite R&B but like ambient kind of R&B-ish uh, really kind of heady music that is easy to put on and kind of like zone out to um, you know it's very beautiful it's very pretty 
Um, at times it can be a little bit formless, uh, which which is good sometimes, but also, you know, maybe sometimes a bit to a detriment. But as someone who has an almost like physical need for ambient music sometimes, uh, I found this kind of scratched the itch for me this month while also, you know, kind of having some decent songs as well to kind of keep your attention and, you know, kind of stick with you while you're listening to the record. Um, my only kind of issue with it is that maybe there's a bit too much formlessness to it, and the songs themselves could be a little bit stronger, but I actually, I, I, I think this is a very solid debut. Um, it's a great record to put on as kind of nice background music when you're doing whatever the fuck you want, what else, um, and I'm, I'm just intrigued by what comes next, you know, I would love for her to kind of sharpen her songwriting skills or kind of maybe work with some other people, um, but there's a lot of potential here, a lot of potential to kind of craft this cool sound and you know, like, like kind of ambient songwriter isn't exactly a, a, a new idea, but she's approaching it in a new kind of unique way. Um, and, and her harp just sounds gorgeous. Like harps are, harps are dope. Like we need more, we need more harps. So, you know, I'm, I'm giving love to Nyla Hunter here. Uh, keep going, um, keep rocking the harp and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of sharpen things up a little bit, do some fine tuning, and and I think you're gonna make some really great music sometime in the future. So honorable mention goes to Nyla Hunter with Love Gaze. The mention for January 2024 is going to be Wall of Eyes by The Smile. So in case you um, somehow don't know this, uh, The Smile is uh, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead plus the the Sons of Kemet drummer. I forget his name right now. I'm sorry, man. Very disrespectful of me. But it, it's essentially a Radiohead side project featuring the two main songwriters of Radiohead. And to me, this has always, this has been an interesting project because The Smile, I mean, they've released their debut album in 2022 and they're already back again with a new one, you know, first thing of 2024. So not even two years in between these two records. So it's very clear that this is a project that is important to these guys. But there's just something about the music that isn't, just not quite doing it for me. And I talked about the debut Smile record uh, when it came out back in 2022. And to me, it just sounded like, I remember describing it almost as like, songs that just kind of weren't good enough for Radiohead, but they wanted to release anyway. And while that's not necessarily the case for this record, I feel like this record has more of a distinctive sound like that doesn't it doesn't really as much sound like a radiohead record again despite the fact that it has you know the two most important people of radiohead in it uh, it does it does sound like more of a unique project at this point but that being said it it's also i don't know kind of boring like radiohead has always had no problem you know, releasing Moody, Slow Temple, Slow Temple, cool name, Slow Temple, Slow Tempo songs um, that kind of wallow and drift. Um, but they've always managed to make it interesting at the same time. Whereas I, I really struggle to be captivated by this record. And I, I wanted to, like I listened to this record four or five times, you know? It's one of those records that like, I really want to like, and, and I, I try to give the benefit of the doubt, and, and I just try to listen to it as much as I can, just in hopes that something will latch onto me. And while I will admit that, uh, kind of a penultimate, epic, uh, bending, hectic 
is, is a great song, and, and I actually really like that one. The, the rest of the record it just kind of washes over me and, and leaves no impression at all. And I think a, a big part of that is not necessarily because of Tom and Johnny, but I just find it very strange. And here we go, uh, name drop number three. Um, my guy Matt Bancudi and I were kind of talking about this. It's it's the drummer. I mean, the whole kind of idea of this project is who's the different person here? It's the drummer. It's the Sons of Kemet drummer. So you'd think that they purposefully teamed up with this guy because of what he can bring to the table. And we've heard with Sons of Kemet what he can do. He's 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 a fantastic jazz drummer, you know, and he really knows his way around the kit. But on all these songs, he's barely even there. Like, it, it, it feels like such a wasted opportunity to have this incredible drummer, but he's really being, you know, relegated to just kind of playing along with the songs, and he doesn't really bring anything to any of these. It's just a strange kind of choice to me, because, I don't know, imagine, uh, imagine you get this kind of all-star guy on your team, and you've just kind of delegate him to being a role player you know like it, it just seems weird um and 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 that's why the record just doesn't really do much for me and i know a lot of people like it that's great but to me it it, it just again sounds like they're putting off the inevitable um of releasing a new Radiohead record. And I get it, you know, like Radiohead is one of the most acclaimed acts literally ever. And there's so much pressure behind every single record to release something that is basically perfect. Because when you have a discography like they do, like nothing less than perfection is, is accepted. You know, in both, I'm sure, critics eyes and in the band themselves eyes so you know this band gives them an opportunity to just create music and and have fun and and release music without the kind of expectations on their shoulders that radiohead would have um but you know two records in I i think it's time to uh you know you've had your fun but we're i think we're ready as a society for a new radiohead you know, a big grand statement. Um, so, you know, let's turn that smile upside down. <laughs> so anyway, the mention for January 2024 is Wall of Eyes by The Smile. Okay, dishonorable mention. Um, I'm gonna be a, a, I'm gonna be a bit of an asshole here, and I'm gonna do two records. I'm gonna talk about one more than the other one, but I really just had to kind of talk about two. And I don't like to kind of pick on artists or like pick on genres or pick on things like this. Uh, and the fact that I, you know really liked and kind of praised the Boldy James record makes me feel like it's okay for me to do this, but I I, I just have to talk some shit for a little bit here. So the dishonorable mentions are two hip hop albums that came out this month. Uh, I'm talking about Insano by Kid Cudi and American Dream by 21 Savage. So let's just get the first one out of the way. It almost feels unfair to talk about Kid Cudi in this column because uh, he hasn't really released any good music in like, I don't know, 20 years? <laughs> uh, that's that's a stretch, but still, it's been a long time since we've heard some genuinely great music from Kid Cudi. Uh, Man of the Moon 3 had some bright spots, but was inconsistent and so you can't you can't even really say he's released a great album since Man on the Moon 2. And even then, you, it's not really that good if you go back and listen. So he basically has one great record to his name, Man on the Moon 1. And he has just been releasing 
increasingly bad music since. Um, and this latest one might be the worst offender yet. Uh, full disclosure, I did not get more than two songs into it. It was that bad. Uh, but it's one of those things where I could tell that the rest of the record was going to be just as bad, if not worse. So, you know what? Kid Cudi, dude, Scott, it's your real name. You got like some acting gigs going on the side. You know, you, you've got enough other things going on. Like, maybe just like stop with the whole music thing, you know? Like, what's the point, you know? Like, maybe go on, like, a, a, a tour to play Man on the Moon 1 and 2, maybe 3, like a Man on the Moon tour or something like that. But, like, why don't you just do other shit? Like, you're, you're one of the fortunate people who has so many other things going on um, in your status as pop culture guy that you don't have to just rely on, you know, continuing to churn out music. So, stop tarnishing your legacy, even though it's already beyond tarnished with just the absolute trash that you've released in the past uh, 10, 15 years or so. But, like, you know, quit while you're ahead. I mean, you're not ahead anymore because you released this bullshit album, but, like, just just stop. You know? Just stop. Now, let's move on to uh, 21 Savage American Dream. So, objectively, this isn't even really that bad of a record. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a serviceable kind of trap record but but that's kind of the problem of it in and of itself is like maybe if this record had come out like four years ago five years ago six years ago it would have sounded fresh it would have sounded you know of its time it would have sounded interesting um or at least you know modern and and to the point uh it's one of those records that I listen to, I'm like, aren't we done with this by now? You know? Like, I, I just don't understand, like... I, I, I feel like we've moved on as a society, as, 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 as a genre. We, haven't we moved on from this at this point? Like, it just sounds like the, the same old, you know, trap record that you, you could have put out, you know, five years ago, six years ago, two years ago... There's no real distinguishing factors. There, there's nothing really interesting or new or innovative going on. Like, yeah, he's, you know, he's got a monologue from his mom at the beginning. You know, he's talking a little bit about, like, his life more, I guess. But it's just like, I don't know. It just feels so dated at this point, you know? It's, it's this whole kind of genre of, like, this, this like, trap music. It, it just... I don't know. Like, are we really still doing this in 2024? Like, there's so many other creative veins to tap into in, in hip-hop that I, I just don't understand. Like, can we can we do something different now? You know? Like, how, are, haven't we done this to death at this point? It just sounds incredibly stale. Um, and, like, I, I don't know. I was never a big 21 Savage fan, but, like, I don't know. He seems to be capable of doing more than this. I don't know why I think that. Has he ever really shown that? Uh, not not really, but... I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. And I, I just... I don't know. I, I just listen to this and I'm like... Really? Like, come on. Like, Let's do something different now. Like, we've... <laughs> we're over this. And lo look at the Billboard charts. You know, like, sure... When this came out, like, he had pretty prominent positioning with a few of his songs, but I promise you, in a week or two, this will have disappeared, because we're, we're just over this. We're over it, you know? So, let's move on. So, dishonorable mentions for January 2022. Kid Cudi Insano. Yeah, you're insano for releasing this piece of shit. And 21 Savage, American Dream. These are the mentions. Okay, back to the good stuff. So, number two for 2024 January is Plastic Death by Glass Beach. Um, not to be confused with uh, Plastic Beach, 
by uh, the Gorillas, that record from a while ago. Which, if you think about it, was probably their last actually like good record. That's another band that's just been releasing weirdly not good music for a long time now. But anyway, so Glass Beach, this is their sophomore outing. And to say that this band has gone through a what kids call a glow-up would be a massive understatement. So the first Glass Beach record was a, you know, a, a very, we'll say, online kind of emo. Uh, basically, yeah, emo music that wasn't afraid to be very eclectic and uh, just kind of pull whimsically from any genre they pleased to just create something new and, and, and fun and not serious. And, you know, the band themselves was very not serious at the time, calling the record uh, the first Glass Beach album or something like that. Uh, having a very kind of zany online presence. And, and you can tell that, like, while the music was great, um, it was almost kind of secondary to the whole kind of ethos and aesthetic of this, you know, really kind of you know, online band Glass Beach. Uh, then this record comes along and it's like, is this even the same band? Like, the level up of maturity on this record compared to that one is just completely insane. And not to say that they're not having fun anymore, because you can tell listening to this that, you know, the band is having a blast with these songs. Um, but more so just like, the level of songwriting, the level of attention to detail, and the level of just everything across the board is, is, is just so much higher than on that first record. It's like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's actually be a band, you know? And actually release, like, an album. And the result is this just kind of wildly ambitious record that um, you can barely... this isn't even really emo anymore you know this is full-on art rock um i described this band to some of my friends or this album at least as like sounding almost like if radiohead uh you know had a trans singer and they grew up listening to uh like prog rock and, and emo and screamo instead of you know listening to talk talk and whoever the hell radiohead grew up listening to um like, the level of ambition on this record really is, like, you know, veering on Radiohead territory. Uh, they still are, you know, kind of cherry-picking genre signifiers to kind of paste these songs together, but rather than it feel like a kind of cut-and-paste collage experiment that a lot of their older music sounded like, Everything feels very purposeful here, and everything just kind of fits, and it all works, and nothing feels forced. Um, all the songs just make sense, you know? There's nothing, like, particularly zany or, you know, like, you know, there's, there's nothing happening just kind of for the sake of being weird or being different here. No, all these songs are, you know, really great songs that just so happen to be, you know, pieced together from occasionally disparate um, elements. And it just makes for a really, really cool, really fascinating record that, to me, I don't really understand why this record hasn't gotten more attention and more hype this year, because you listen to it and it really does sound like, like one of the next great art rock records that has come out. And we don't really get a lot of those anymore, you know? Like, I can't even really think of another record that has had this level of ambition to it um, in this kind of style of music in, in the past little while. This is a record that, had it come out in, like, you know, the mid-2010s, would have just been hyped to hell, and they'd be headlining festivals everywhere, and, and you know, no one would stop being able to stop talking about them. And I guess to me, this this kind of not to not to kind of well, no, I'm going to talk about it because I think there is kind of a, a direct correlation here. Um, but so Pitchfork, 
who was sold to Condé Nast a few years ago and uh, kind of had like a, a weird kind of slow descent into more poptimism, um, veering away from... I mean, they would still review independent releases and whatnot, but the albums that got the more attention were definitely a little bit more mainstream than, than the stuff that they'd covered in the past. Uh, was recently sold to or, or brought under the GQ division, which I don't even know what the hell that means. Like, Anna Wintour as like the like chief operator of Pitchfork. It's the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Doesn't make any sense. The point being, like, that kind of music journalism that would lose their shit over a record like this um, is, is just slowly fading away, and you don't really find that anymore. And it's a shame, because this is a record that deserves to be talked about and, and discussed online and, and kind of brought to, you know, weirdos' attention, but, you know, slowly but surely, we are losing... Um, those voices that would bring attention to music like this and, and we're losing the publications and and the journalists that would have things to say about this record and and you know kind of do what they can to kind of shove it in your face as much as they could and that's very sad because you know again to me i just don't get it i don't understand why everyone isn't talking about this record because it really is that good, and it really is that interesting. Uh, so I guess this is me doing my part, um, you know, to get the get get the word out there about this Glass Beach record because it is special, um, and and more people need to hear about it. And I don't understand. Well, I do understand, unfortunately, uh, why they haven't. But please give this record a listen if you're a fan of anything you're gonna find something on here to like so coming in at number two we have plastic death by glass beach okay number one record of january 2024 gonna have a sip of water for suspense my voice is doing all right you know we're, do we're doing okay so far i've uh i haven't cleared my throat in about half an hour now so you know uh may have just jinxed myself there though so apologies for that anyway number one of january 2024 we have obsidian wreath by infant island infant island who is it someone made a joke like uh was that where, is that like a, the, like, Ian Watkins version of Jeffrey Epstein's Island? Terrible joke. Uh, if you don't know what I'm referencing there, please do not look it up. Anyway, Infant Island is a kind of heavy screamo band who released their debut record Beneath back kind of right when the pandemic hit. I very distinctly recall in 2020, uh, early in the pandemic days, must have been like spring still, um, maybe early summer. This record coming out and just doing my kind of daily afternoon walk around my neighborhood, listening to it and just being like, yeah, you know, like there, there's a level of intensity and frustration being aired on this record that even though they, they didn't necessarily record it when the pandemic was happening, um, I felt very applicable to what I was feeling at the time, you know, just that kind of that, that anger and frustration of the situation uh, of just kind of being stuck and, and not really knowing what's coming next and not really having an outlet. So that was a great record for me uh, back in the day to just really help me kind of vent those feelings. Um, although to be honest, uh, you know, the early days of the pandemic, I was actually pretty happy because I didn't have to do shit and it was awesome. Uh, so that was a while ago and here we are almost four years later uh, with the follow-up to that record, and it's very much an improvement in, in just about every single way. Uh, it's definitely still a screamo record, but 
in ways it almost reminds me, and I wouldn't be the only one to think this, of kind of what Death Heaven did with Sunbather, bringing, bringing in a lot of uh, black metal influences and just not afraid to get really metallic and, 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 and heavy, um, not just in the screamo way, but in the metal way in, in a lot of ways across this record. Um, and it just sounds fucking amazing. Uh, it is one of those screamo records, you know, one of few screamo records that, you know, has a, a big sense of ambition to it. You know, that's a genre that, um, you know, artists aren't afraid to just go ahead and, you know, release, you know, 20 minute long records with a bunch of 45 second songs on there. And that's great. I mean, I love those records. Those are awesome. A lot of very classic screamo records are like, you know, 10 minutes long, really. But this is clearly a band that strives for more than that and wants to be big. Um, and thus, they've made their music sound as big as possible. Uh, you know, the vast majority of the songs on here are kind of different takes on this metallic screamo. Um, you know, I'd say like your, your average listener might even think that a lot of it kind of sounds the same, but to someone who is really in love with this particular style of genre, you, you, when I listen to it, I hear all the different nuances and, and different forms of expression uh, through this music that the, the band is achieving, and it, it's just really incredible. I mean, you have your kind of straightforwardish screamo of the first song. The second song is like a minute and 30 long, almost uh, locust and daughters-esque kind of noise take on Screamo. Um, the second last song on the record uh, features the band Greet Death to kind of bring in some melodic vocals. You know, it's also a band that has a lot of like post-rocky moments throughout the record. Um, it's really ambitious and it's a really ambitious take on the genre that you know, again, with the proper attention, I think could propel this band into kind of the stratosphere of heavy music greats. Um, again, it's just a matter of the right exposure, kind of a similar glass beach story, um, but for heavy music, like, will this band be able to reach the audiences that it needs to in order to uh, get as big as they should be? Because the quality is there, the songwriting is there. Um, it's all there on this record. It's just a matter of will people hear it or not. Um, so I, last year, I, I had a whole kind of season, or not season, um, a whole episode talking about New Friends Festival, um, which is, you know, a Screamo festival here in Toronto, and, and what an amazing time I had. And if this band isn't headlining one of those days, then someone fucked up somewhere, because... When it comes to modern Screamo, right now, uh, Obsidian Wreath by Infant Island is kind of uh, the gold standard. So, uh, really hoping that these guys get the attention they deserve in this particular scene. And uh, really hope I get to see them this summer. Um, new friends, I know you're announcing the actual festival headliners and people playing in the next few days. So if I don't see these guys on there, I can be really fucking pissed off. So. Oh, I, I didn't do the freaking favorite song thing for whatever. You know what? <laughs> Next episode, we'll, we'll settle into that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we probably won't. Let's be real. So coming in for number one for January 2024, we have Obsidian Wreath by Infant Island. And again, like... I like to pick, you know, I like to be subjective with this. So subjectively, this is my number one. Objectively though, I think the Glass Beach record is probably the best record of the month and will appeal to a lot more people. So, uh, you know, if you're a more average music fan out there, definitely check that one out. And uh, maybe listen to Infant Island if you're feeling a little bit saucy. So that's it. That's episode one for the year. And, uh, it was fun. I can't wait to do this uh, 11 or 12 more times throughout the course of the year. 
Uh, I wouldn't mind having some guests to chat with on the show. Uh, so if that's something that interests you, please reach out at any time. Um, would love to have you because uh, while I do love talking to myself, uh, I love talking to other people even more. So come be a part of the PH5 experience. Thank you as always for listening. And uh, that's it for me. I'm going to go blow my nose. Bye-bye. <laughs>